Today is Wednesday, December 23rd, 2020. On this day in 1974, three young girls vanished from a mall in Fort Worth, Texas. To this day, their disappearances remain unsolved. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Vanessa Richardson, and today I'm joined by our guest host, Tim Johnson, of Today in Music History. His show delivers daily explorations of iconic hits, famed performances, and music industry revolutions. Tim's here to discuss the historical aspects of today's story, while I'll cover the narrative. Hi, everyone. Looking forward to diving into this story. Now let's go back to 1974, just two days before Christmas in a small Texas neighborhood. Fifteen-year-old Terry Mosley awoke slowly that morning. He was thrilled to be off of school for the holidays and took his time getting dressed and ready. He had all the time in the world, as he and his two younger sisters had the house to themselves while their mom was out working. As Terry later told Dateline, he decided to go and see his girlfriend that morning, 14-year-old Renee Wilson. He didn't have to go far. Renee was visiting her grandmother just across the street. Terry's heart pounded as Renee opened the door. He had a special gift for her. He just hoped she would be willing to accept it. He swallowed hard as she hugged him and ushered him inside. She looked beautiful, dressed simply in a yellow shirt that read, Sweet Honesty. After being led inside, Terry couldn't wait long to give her the gift. He drew a small box from his pocket and handed it to Renee, trying not to give away how nervous he was. Inside was a shiny promise ring, a symbol of Terry's love. To Terry's relief, Renee was overjoyed to receive the ring. She wanted to spend even more time with him that day and asked if he wanted to come to the mall to pick up a pair of jeans with her. She was planning to go with her older friend, 17-year-old Rachel Trelisa. Unfortunately, Terry already had plans with someone else, but when his nine-year-old sister Julie heard Renee was going to the mall, she begged to come along. Renee was hesitant to spend the day taking care of little Julie, but eventually agreed to bring her. After all, it was the holiday season. Rachel, Renee, and Julie set off in Rachel's Oldsmobile around noon. They picked up Renee's jeans, then went to Seminary South Shopping Center to grab some gifts. Meanwhile, Terry went to meet his friend and returned home a few hours later. There was a party at 4 p.m. and he didn't want to miss it. He couldn't wait to see his sister and his girlfriend again that evening. But the girls never showed up. A couple hours after 4 o'clock, people started to panic. Renee's father and a group of concerned family members and neighbors headed to the mall after sunset to find the missing trio. Terry was told to stay by the phone in case any of them called to check in. Renee's father tried not to speed as he drove up to the shopping center. He told himself there was nothing to worry about. It was just a case of teenagers coming home late. That was all. 
He breathed a sigh of relief when he found Rachel's Oldsmobile parked near the Sears. He pulled up beside the vehicle and peeked in the windows. There was a Christmas gift sitting in the back seat. Terry's father assumed the girls had just run back into the mall to grab something before coming home. He walked up to the big double doors to look around, certain he would run into them soon. But as he and the rest of the search group looked inside store after store, they started to panic. Many of the shops were closing, most were largely empty. Renee's father was absolutely sure the girls weren't in any of them. At a loss, the search group eventually went back out to the parking lot. The Oldsmobile was still there. It didn't look like anything was broken or out of place. A cold fear gripped them. They raced back home and dialed the police department. Three young girls were missing, and the mystery had just begun. Coming up, the police search for Rachel, Renee, and Julie. Hi, listeners. It's Vanessa. If you haven't had a chance to check out the entertaining new podcast, Blind Dating, now's the time to binge what you've missed before catching all new episodes every Wednesday. In this Spotify original from Parcast, we're expanding the places you can meet your match with a twist you'll never see coming. Join host Tara Michelle as she introduces one hopeful single to two strangers in a voice-only call. Through a series of illuminating games and questions, the trio will get to know one another without the distraction of appearances. But once the cameras are turned on, is personality still enough for these strangers to fall for each other? Or will they say farewell? Connect with new episodes of Blind Dating every Wednesday. You can find and follow Blind Dating free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Now back to the story. On December 23, 1974, 17-year-old Rachel Trelisa, 14-year-old Renee Wilson, and 9-year-old Julie Mosley went missing in Fort Worth, Texas. The last place they were seen was the parking lot of a shopping center. That evening, the police were notified that the girls had disappeared and the search began. My guest host Tim is going to cover the investigation. Thanks, Vanessa. Authorities were concerned after the initial report, but because the girls had only been missing for a few hours, they didn't expect the worst. After all, there was a clear timeline for their locations up until about noon. Rachel's Oldsmobile was easy to find in the Sears parking lot. Investigators didn't see any signs of struggle inside the vehicle. The fact that there was a lone Christmas present in the back seat suggested that the girls had at least shopped for a time inside the mall before returning to the car. But what happened next was anyone's guess. Although it was out of character for the girls, it wasn't entirely unheard of for three young people to leave on a whim. Both Rachel and Renee were teenagers, and it wouldn't have been out of the question for Julie to be whisked along by older kids she admired. 17-year-old Rachel had recently been married, so it's possible that she felt like an adult, able to come and go as she pleased. And yet, it seemed odd that Rachel would have left the car behind in that scenario. Nevertheless, the police hoped to see the trio return soon. Unfortunately, the mystery only deepened the following morning after Rachel's husband received an unsettling letter in the mail. It read, I know I'm going to catch it, but we just had to get away. We're going to Houston. See you in about a week. 
The car is in Sears' upper lot. It was signed by Rachel, but the signature had a conspicuous mistake. The writer had accidentally scrawled two E's at the end of the name, then crossed out the final E and replaced it with the letter L. It was obviously unlikely that Rachel would sign her own name wrong, and the rest of the note was just as suspicious. How would Rachel have left town without her car, and why? Terry Mosley, who was Julie's brother and Renee's boyfriend, didn't believe the letter for an instant. He pointed out that Renee had asked him to go along with her to the mall that morning. Clearly, she hadn't known about any plans to run away. Some speculated that the message was a nasty prank or an attempt by a kidnapper to throw police off the trail. But officers had little to go on in the first place, so the note amounted to little more than a confusing detour. As the investigation continued, the families of the missing girls prayed they would turn up sooner or later. As unbelievable as it seemed, they hoped that the letter was somehow authentic and that Rachel, Renee, and Julie would return home within the week. But they never did. After nine days, Renee's parents were interviewed by a local TV station. They were heartbroken and terrified that something awful had happened to their daughter. Still, they insisted they hadn't given up hope. The entire community of Fort Worth waited in vain for the girls' return. At first, local police classified the girls as runaways, but when the family brought in a private detective, the case was turned over to the major case unit. Sadly, the girls are still missing today, over 40 years after their disappearances. Some of the grieving family members, like Rachel's brother, have been trying to solve the case since that day in 1974. As recently as 2018, Rachel's brother had undertaken efforts to search a lake near where the trio went missing. A car was found deep underwater, and he hoped that evidence connected to the case might be inside. In the meantime, friends and relatives continue to pray for Rachel, Renee, and Julie's return. One can only hope that after all of these years of tragic uncertainty, they can eventually find closure. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Thanks again, Tim, for joining me today. Thanks for having me. You can find my podcast, Today in Music History, on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Terrell Wells, with writing assistance by Alex Benedon, fact-checking by Claire Cronin, and stars Tim Johnson and Vanessa Richardson. Listeners, there's no better time than right now to open your heart to the hit Spotify original from Parcast, Blind Dating. Every Wednesday, find out if personality alone is enough to make a love connection. Follow Blind Dating, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.